welcome to the Monday edition of the Hometown Headlines Radio Edition. John Miller at HometownHeadlines.com and the Hometown Podcast Network. Thanking you for joining us today. Let's jump right into a number one business with construction, renovations, and a new car wash venture. Brian Delaney isn't slowing down in his so-called retirement. Projects stretch from the Cotton Block to the River District to Somerville and to Cartersville. Our Natalie Sims has that story this morning. Also today from Dining, the shocker. Fuddruckers closes in Rome after more than 17 years. That notice went out on Sunday, surprising tons of fans, many of whom stopping by after church services on Sunday. It's the second local restaurant to close in Rome this week. Also in health news today, the latest updates on the coronavirus, including a response from the State Hospital Association and from the State University System, which advises, quote, alter overseas programs amid level three warnings, such as Italy. We have those updates for you, continuing updates for you all week. Also, politics today, huge day, huge week ahead. Qualifying for state and local offices begins today. Also, advanced voting begins this morning for the presidential preference primary. Also, Floyd County Republican women are hosting the House candidates on Tuesday. Democrats will greet their candidates on a Thursday evening meeting. Plus, Super Tuesday is tomorrow, Tuesday. And among the 14 states voting are neighboring Alabama and Tennessee. Georgia votes on the 24th of March. We have a sidebar on that, by the way. We'll have a special drug report podcast on all of the above, posted later today or first thing Tuesday morning. We're Mechanical Weather Center. We should call this an alert, I guess. Look out for new flooding as another three to five inches of rain are due in our area starting later on today. That could stretch into Thursday morning as well. Continuing weather updates at hometownheadlines.com. Obituaries today, we say farewell to Mrs. Lily M. Health. Also, make it Heath, I'm sorry, Mrs. Lily M. Heath. Also, Mr. James Leo Jim Rassier. Uh, public health restaurant inspection scores return on Tuesday. They are off on Sunday. Greater Community Bank brings you Crime Watch. That's updates on reports from Floyd, Bartow, and Polk counties now on the website. Truett's Chick-fil-A sports report for the morning. Barry College Vikings. The men's team edged in the SAA basketball finale, 72-69. to That does end the season for the men's team. In baseball news, Rome Braves hiring continues. More important single-game and all-star game tickets for the new season go on sale this morning at State Mutual Stadium. In community sports news, this weekend, this coming Saturday, the Barry Half Marathon and Companion Races, also March 14th, You'll have the Harbin Clinic Leprechaunathon 5K Run and 2-Mile Health Walk. You can sign up for that one right now. All right, it's time for Monday's Rants of the Day. Rather than one, we have some mini rants for you. They'll address uh, the coronavirus and politics, Georgia's Less Than Super Tuesday, and a farewell to Fuddruckers. Item number one, there is no red or blue in the coronavirus. We deleted an earlier post on Hometown's Facebook page about the latest updates on the coronavirus because it had broken down into a political debate. No one was talking politics, mind you. It was simply someone alleging coronavirus isn't that big of a deal based on a presidential news conference from last week versus someone else firing back with documentation about how the prolonged it is to even detect the virus and how lethal it is compared to the flu. This is not a topic that needs to line up blue or red. This is a potential crisis that has to transcend today's toxic political culture. We need a cure as well as an aggressive prevention steps. Plus, if we knew of a surefire way to ban comments on our Facebook page, we would. That needs to be cured as well. 
We say farewell to a friend today. That would be Fuddruckers. The tip came in Sunday morning as we were preparing for church. A customer who had booked Fuddruckers for an event was stunned to hear the restaurant had closed. Within minutes, we were able to confirm the report, and within the hour, the closing was the top story of our Sunday po- Sunday postings. In fact, it never slowed down. Even today, it is the number one red story so far this morning. The Curly Boys, first Charles, then Steve, did a great job of nurturing the restaurant for more than 17 years, and Rome is shocked to hear it was closing. There were a lot of memories made in those 7,000 square feet under roof from the kitchen and the dining to the party rooms, the game room, the ice cream stand, the toppings bar. Plus, Rome does not need yet another vacant restaurant. This is the second one to close in under a week. All right, next item, be patient with advanced voting today. As the presidential preference primary balloting begins this morning, be sure to do a little homework before going to the polls. Not so much on the candidates alone, but also on how to use the new voting machines. The March 24th presidential preference primary is the first time we'll see those new machines in action around Floyd County. Bartow County got a sample of this back in November. Floyd Elections Chief Robert Brady says these new machines actually are easier to use than the older models. It's now time to go find out. And time also that you should have a very lean ballot. You'll have plenty of time to vote. There's only one name on the GOP side. That would be the president's name. The Democratic ballot, while it has 12 names on it, only six or less candidates remain active after the South Carolina primary. Maybe we can fix the GOP problem. That is, no opponents listed in 2024. SEC, SEC, what we mean here, the primary, of course, not the athletics conference. We missed the SEC primary put together by then-Secretary of State Brian Kemp four years ago that gave Georgia a clear, dominant voice in picking the presidential nominees in 2016. There's a good chance it will all be over this Tuesday night when the final votes are counted from the 2020 edition of Super Tuesday. Fourteen states, including neighboring Alabama and Tennessee, vote this week. While we can vote now in advance voting for our presidential picks, Georgia's official balloting takes place on March 24th. We know the GOP nominee already. We'll likely have a clear guess at the Democratic ticket by Wednesday morning of this week as well, before most of us even had a chance to clear our throats, much less cast a ballot. That's another problem that needs to be fixed by 2024. And finally today, the biggest crowd this week will be at, and that's a question for you, on Tuesday, the folks that bring you Lobster Fest, a.k.a. Red Lobster, will host what we're calling Candidate Fest, i.e. some of the nine candidates for the U.S. House seat that Tom Grays will give up at the end of the year. The House hopefuls will be the main attraction, but look for other local candidates to show up as well. On Thursday, there's a different event. The Planning Commission will be hearing about rezoning 75 properties within the River District, that, that will come up for a vote during the meeting. They'll change over to an urban mixed-use status. They're expecting a large crowd, so large, in fact, that the meeting has been moved from the Sam King Room up to the city commission chambers. Our question is this. Which event draws the biggest crowd this week? Our guess, probably the one that serves those great cheese biscuits. But please stay tuned. This is John Druckermiller at HometownHeadlines.com and the Hometown Headlines Podcast Network. Thanking you for joining us today, continuing updates, especially on our rainy weather throughout the day, as well as on qualifying candidates, and also we'll have an early count on advanced voting for Monday. Stay with us at hometownheadlines.com. For now, we open we close with the stylish renderings of Funky Druck by the stylish one himself, Harry Musselwhite. 
Have a great day in Northwest Georgia. This year, a brand new slate. We start with the presidential primary. We have a local primary. We have very much people are telling me, oh, we won't need a runoff in July. Oh, no, no. Go ahead and count that date. November general election, potentially even a runoff there with the uh, U.S. Senate race and some other things. Who knows? Anyway, let's talk first, though. Before all this starts, uh, before all these elections starts, you've got a whole office full of brand new toys that are known as the new elections, the new voting machines. Tell us about those. Yes, we do. Uh, It was decided by the legislature that as of January 1st of this year, it would no longer be legal to use the digital recording uh, election devices that we were using prior to now. Okay, this system was in place. Actually, if you want to count the testing run-up session, it's been in place for 18 years. All right, what we've done here is we've made a change with the exact equipment that we use, but not with the process. Uh, Having said that, the analogy that I would use is is that we're painting a room. That's the election is the whole room. Uh, Whether we do it with a roller or a brush is really insignificant just so long as the room gets painted. You'll also find that it's not really any more difficult to paint with the brush than it is with the roller. You just have to have a little bit different thought process in it. For voters, when they show up for early voting, okay, known in the business as absentee in person, which I'll give you the dates for that in a little bit. But when you show up for that, your experience is not going to be radically different with two exceptions. You'll be doing this with a new piece of equipment that uh, what we'll be doing is just like we always did. You will just be using a different piece of equipment to initiate the process. Also, there is a form you have to fill out. Unfortunately, it's the government. There are always forms. It's a much simplified form taking into account its specific purpose. In other words, form we had before handles seven or eight different kind of possibilities. This one has one, and that is the early voting. It'll be extremely smoother in its operation, and it's easier to understand. As far as what you're asking me in the equipment, the basic process will be Now, understand it's a little different for early voting than it is for Election Day, so we'll talk about Election Day. Okay, on the Election Day process, you'll present yourself with your government-issue photo ID, just like you always did. You'll show it to somebody who's going to take your ID, and if it does use the standardized barcode system on the ID that most all government ID does, they'll put it on a little tray in this device, and they'll tell it to scan it. And they'll read your information directly off of your ID from this barcode. When this happens, your information will present itself to the poll worker who's looking at this. What they'll do is they'll take your ID at that point, turn it around, look at it, and see if your smiling face is on the picture on here matches the information that just came up on the screen. If it does, what will happen is they'll turn the machine around so you can see it, and they'll hand you a stylus and have you sign the form <clears throat> sign the form electronically because it's been determined that by the state that this is going to be considered a legitimate original signature that is a change in how it's been in the past there were there, were, there it's been a long time coming where they will accept electronic signatures but in this particular instance now they will all right now that we've acquired your signature on this form we'll make you a voter access card 
if you'll remember, they used to be yellow. Yep. It has not yet been determined what color they're going to be now. The prototypes that I have are white, uh, but it could just as easily be any other color, just whatever the state send us. We'll make that voter access card, and remember, that card has got no personal information on it. All that card is doing is telling the next piece of machinery in the process which ballot you're supposed to see. Now, the question I get at that point is, why is there more than one ballot? Well, now think on that just a second. We are split into two different Senate districts. We don't want the folks that are supposed to be voting in one to even see the ballot for the other one. Now think on that. If we have somebody, in, we have 13 and 14 here. Okay, we also have the House seats. We've got a small sliver sure. that's different. What we need to do is to keep con- confusion down and to keep the correct voters in the correct race, you'll see different ballots. That's the, on- that's the only thing it's doing is showing you which ballot you're going to get. Which is standard from the past. That's yeah. the way it's always been. Okay, it's, it's uh, well, all I'm doing here is I'm, I'm just kind of recounting sure. the, uh, how we're going to roll this wheel. All right, once you insert this card into the new machine, uh, it's going to look differently. It's going to behave basically just like it did before. What you're going to see is a great, big, huge touchscreen tablet. All it's going to take to vote is to mark your choice with your index finger. And I'll tell the ladies before we get here, fingernails don't always work, so try to use the ball of your finger when you do this or your thumb. You make your choices. You tell it that you're through with this page, push the button for the next page. It continues on until you go through the whole ballot. Then you're given an opportunity at that point to review everything you see on the screen for the people who like that. After you've done that, it'll give you the option to print a copy of this. Okay. When you push that button, it's going to ask you again, do you want to look at it again or do you want to print it? Okay. When you push that button, a printer sitting right next to this equipment is going to generate a piece of paper. That piece of paper is actually the ballot that you're going to cast. Okay. We're going to heavily encourage, heavily encourage you to examine this piece of paper while you were en route from where you printed it over to what's called uh, the precinct ballot accumulator okay you've not you can tell some yet. governments involved here because law oh, names and everything else. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it's one of these where i have to stop and think what acronyms are and i know that nobody knows what they are and i have to remember what they mean so, <laughs> and that makes it harder i grew up by the space center yeah, so, I feel okay. your pain. so anyway you go walk over to this other scanner that's sitting on top of a great big thing that looks like a uh it looks quite frankly like a like a trash receptacle and essentially it is a sophisticated form of that that the that this scanner is permanently mounted to what's going to happen is there's going to be somebody standing there whose sole purpose in life is for that moment anyway is to ask you have you taken a look at your ballot are you satisfied with what you see also we will have available uh image enhancing devices so that you can actually you know read it if it because it, it, it is sort of small print on this thing and then when you're satisfied with what you have then you'll insert this paper ballot in the scanning device and at that point you will have actually voted at that point the vote is tabulated the ballot because remember that's a secret document is accumulated in this locked and sealed container 
And remember, again, there is no personally identifying information on it, so I can't tell yours from mine, from his, from hers, from anybody else's. Once it goes in the box, that's all there is. All right. The, the, and there, here's something I particularly like about this scanning device. This scanning device uh, writes in a parallel format. Translated into English, that means when you scan this, it does. It isn't recorded in just one place. It's recorded in two places. Good. And so what you have here is you have the copy that at the end of the election night, you're going to take out and bring to me. The other copy stays sealed in the machine. And as long as we don't see any reason or anything that really looks unusual or something's wrong with this, that backup, or what we refer to as the administrator copy, will stay in the scanner. And if it turns out that there's never an issue, we won't ever take it out. It'll just be overwritten for the next election. If there is an issue, if for some weird reason we come up with a really fishy-looking count or something, we go, whoa, this is an anomaly, what's going on here? What we can do then is going through the appropriate motions and paperwork that's necessary, remove this administrator card, look at the data that's on there, and compare it to what we had before. That will give us a verifiable way to say for sure this really did happen or this is some kind of weird anomaly and the card got messed up somehow. We don't really know of any way that that would happen, but it's man-made. Weirdness happens. That's, that's all that I can say about that. But so, so this is, an, uh, is adding to the security of it. Now, after you've cast your ballot, the lady or gentleman, whoever assigned it that particular uh, part of the polling place, will hand you a new and improved, because I have other stuff stuck on it, peach sticker tell it, saying that I voted. And uh, we will thank you very much for your efforts. And you'll move on. And you will have completed this process. The actual voter's experience will flow smoother and will be easier, really, than the way we used to do it. The only thing that we've done here is we've, we've inserted an opportunity for you to take a look at what you're doing and make sure that that's what you want to do. You get a hard copy, basically. Uh, well, you get a hard copy, but you don't get to keep it. This is one of those where you're, you know for sure what this ballot said because you had it in your hand. Yep. Okay. Again, we heavily encourage people to review this. Now, the thing that I didn't address that we need to is what happens if something's wrong? What happens if you go through this and you go all of a sudden, whoa, wait a minute, I didn't mean to do that. Then what you do is you notify the poll workers standing there that where is a problem with this ballot. And they'll go, what kind of problem? And, you know, it'll be, well, the, the, it didn't do, and I didn't, and I, blah, 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 blah. And they'll go, okay, no problem. We have the ability, with the equipment we have now, in a much quicker and simpler way to recreate your voter card for you without changing anything else, just your voter card. And we'll let you run another one, and we'll take the ballot that you had an issue with. We will deface it in such a way that it can't be read. Okay, and then we will let you cast a second ballot. Now, when you get your second ballot, you're going to have maybe a little more oversight in your doing this than you had the first time to make sure that whatever problem you had, you don't have the second time. And again, none of this changes anything because you haven't voted until you actually put it in the machine before you walk out the door. 
So that's kind of basically the process as this is going to work. No, uh, yeah, yeah. it's a fail safe and it's an opportunity to double check both what you did, because how many of us has been looking at line A and stuck our thumb up there on line B inadvertently? That happens. We understand that that happens, and nobody's going to give you any grief, and nobody's going to make you wear a big hat that says I screwed this up. Just nothing like that at all. We will just take care of whatever your problem is and and make it possible for you to vote once people have done this through this election year they're going to wonder why we really ever did it any other way